Welcome to the Preserving Family Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to equip you to gain insight, information, and inspiration to help you protect, teach, and guide your family during these turbulent times. Our goal is to provide tools and resources to help you strengthen and preserve your own marriages and families. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Mark and Janie Ogletree. Welcome everyone. We're so glad you're with us. And although you don't know when we record these episodes, we are right before Thanksgiving. It's just a perfect, awesome time of year. Leaves are uh, on the grounds and, and falling off the trees. There's a light little, for those who don't live in Utah, there's a light little dust of snow in the mountains and the weather's just perfect. And so what a great day uh, for a podcast. And I'm so grateful that, that our guest today is is Jen, Jennifer Jorgensen Thatcher. And Jen, thanks for driving down. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're here. Tell us just a little bit about you and your family. Okay. Um I'm married to Paul, who is my best friend. Yeah. We're very happily married. We have five children, four four daughters, and then a son at the end. Okay. Ranging in ages from 17 down to seven. Wow. So, so from high school to, yep. to elementary school. Yep. So right. we're right in the thick of things, you could say, with You're, parenting. Right. What does your um, family like to do? Oh, we love to play pickleball. Yes. Okay. We love to sit and talk. We have daughters. Daughters yeah. love to talk and talk yes. and talk. <laughs> yes. Um, we love to go on vacations. Right. We love to hot tub. All right. Tell just... me your favorite vacation place. Oh. I know it's hard to narrow it down to one or two, but... We just went to Oahu oh, for yeah. fall break and it became a favorite very yeah. quickly. It was beautiful. I don't know that we'll go back, you know, but I mean, I, I hope, I, hope I get to. I hope I get to. <laughs> you but will. It, was, it was amazing. That was yeah. one. Of, that's still one of our favorite places. Yeah. We've never been as a family. We've been as a couple, but we loved it so much. We said, oh yeah, we are coming back. And we've, yeah. we've been there three times now. Oh, and we love it. Awesome. I have a feeling you'll get back there. So hope so. Well, one of my first, um, you know, connections with you would, would be through your dad, Brent, or did you go by Brenton? Both. Yeah. I remember he spoke at a fireside in our stake in Texas years ago. Great author, great speaker, great teacher, wonderful person. Huh, so, I didn't realize that. Yeah. He, known him for a he traveled around, didn't he? He did travel around. <laughs> yeah, he did a lot of speaking. And he, you know, we grew up in this area for part of the time he was here right. where you live. So I think a lot of your people know know our family. Right, and right. A lot of great work with, with Blaine and Britton Yorgerson back in the 70s and 80s and 90s. Back in the 90s, days. Even, yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah. Well, Jen, tell us more about uh, how you became interested in families and technology, because that is what we're going to focus on today. And yeah, I would love to know a little bit more about that. Okay. Well, my educational background is I studied marriage and family, both with my bachelor's and master's degree at BYU, and with a specific specific emphasis on families and religion. Wow. And an emphasis on how parents pass down the religion to their teens through a, through conversations in the home. And I've also been able to teach part-time as adjunct faculty for BYU up at the Salt Lake Center at first and then down in Provo, right? teaching the eternal family in the religion department. That's where I get to see you is at yeah. some of those in-service meetings, it's right? It's an incredible <laughs> class to teach. I feel super blessed. Right. So I got into technologies and family about five or six years ago when our oldest got to middle school where all of our friends were getting phones and she was asking for a phone. And we really started thinking, how are we going to introduce more technology into the homes, uh, into our home? And there was 
an incredible speaker that came to their school, Colin Karchter. Are yes. you familiar with him? Yes. And the Save the Kids Foundation. Right. And he came and spoke both to the students and then to the parents that night. And I was so inspired by his message right. of the dangers of social media. Specifically, he called out TikTok and Snapchat and some of the other dangers of social media mm. and the content that was being deliberately sent to the teens. Right. And as I sat there and listened to his message, I was so excited to think about the intersection between technology and the dangers, but also the other aspects of it with families and religion as well. And right. so I began studying from that time, what have our prophets been teaching us right. about technology and how can we teach better in the home to help our families to help them survive, to help them navigate. Yeah. You know, and I even think during COVID, I mean, there was such a, so many of our high school and middle school kids were on the computer uh, by assignment, you know, from their from their uh, teachers at school. And they spent so much time on the computer that, and on some of these sites that they, they lost their identity. I mean, we literally saw kids who were completely fine going to that transition, going to that, that kind of period where they came out of it going, wait, am I, and they didn't even know what gender they were. I mean, it was, the influence was crazy. Yeah, it's really sad. And I think even for parents who are trying to be the later ones to give their children the phones or their teens the phones, there's so much pressure from school, um, even church groups where, mom, I need a phone. I need to be able to communicate. And that age is getting younger and younger. Now right. it's our sixth grader who is saying everybody else has a phone. Right. Can I please have a phone? <laughs> so it definitely, it's not something we can run from. It's there. We're surrounded by it. They're surrounded by it. We have to learn how to navigate this. And this is new territory for parents and for teens and children. I'll tell you, Jen, a story about that. We did a fireside in our ward years ago and had an adult member come in and show our youth how they could share the gospel. And I know you and I will talk about this later, but but to share the gospel uh, you know, you know, via their phones, you know, and, and online and on social media platforms. And there were some parents that weren't, I found out later that weren't excited that we, that we opened that up and did it, but we had to let them know that guys, this is where we're going. I mean, this is where the church is right now. This, we have prophets and apostles that are sharing their messages on social media every day. Right. And so I love what you said about, this is the world that we live in. We, we, we need to embrace it. I also read, uh, multiple times now that that having a phone, having a smartphone as a teenager, that's your status symbol. It's not what yeah. kind of car you drive anymore or what neighborhood you live in. It's it's if you have a phone or not. It can actually be really hard for them socially if they don't have a phone. Yeah, I'm not saying that parents should give them phones, but there are pros and cons, and you really have to weigh it out with each child to figure out is it time. Right. But just to know that is one of the difficult things for them to not have a phone. Exactly. Yeah. You bet. So Jen, what are some of the things that you feel would be the main areas for parents to focus on and to teach their children and teens about technology? Great question. So as I began to study as much as I could find with what the prophets and apostles and church leaders are teaching about phones, I noticed some themes. Mm. And in my mind, what I found the most important truth that they have been teaching, and I think the most missed truth okay. in our homes, is that technology is a mighty tool given by God for us to do his work. Okay. Wow. I love that. And as his covenant people, we have a huge responsibility because of our covenants to use it to do his work. 
Elder Bednar at BYU Education Week in 2014. He said that an important aspect of the fullness that is available to us in this special season is a miraculous progression of innovations and inventions that have enabled and accelerated the work of salvation. All of these advancements are part of the Lord hastening His work in the latter days. And then an even more clear quote is from Randall Ridd, Elder Ridd in 2014 as well. He said, the, the divine purpose of technology is to hasten the work of salvation. The Lord expects you to use these great tools to take his work to the next level, to share the gospel in ways that are beyond my generation's wildest imagination, where generations past influence their neighbors and their town. You have the power through the internet and social media to reach beyond borders and influence the whole world. You were chosen to participate in his work at this time because he trusts you to make the right choices oh, and the wow. right choices on their phones. It reminds me, Jen, of statements years earlier, even from President Spencer W. Kimball, who would say that the technology that we have today is for the exact same reason, right? It's to yeah. carry the gospel message to, throughout the world, whether that's flight or recordings or now in our day podcasts or yeah. social media i mean it's incredible but yeah there that's it's here here we are yeah elder nelson our president nelson when he gave that talk called the lord's battalion in 2018 mm. he reminded the youth that the most important thing going on right now is the gathering of israel right and he said this is the mission for which you were sent to earth and i don't think it's a coincidence that the chosen generation has a smartphone in their hands and in their pocket. Right. But I don't think the parents in these homes are yet to the point where they, when they give them a phone, they say, this is what it's for. In fact, I've been with large groups of youth, the FSY, sure. other things where I, I ask this large group of youth, okay, your parents say, here's a phone, just be sure to blank. And they say, what do they say? What, what do you think that they say? Just be sure to... Let us always keep on find my friends, right? So they okay. can find their kids or to text us or yeah. what? I'm not don't sure. lose it. Okay. Don't use it too much. Um, don't abuse it. You know, check it in at night. Don't take it in your bedroom. All the different things. And then it's usually me who has to ask them, how many of your parents, when they gave you the phone, said, this is a tool from God and he expects you to use it to do his work. And That's in a group incredible. of 200, 300 youth, I see... A few hands, maybe two or three. Right. And that's surprising to me that it's that many. Yeah. <laughs> to be yeah so I think we start with the danger. And I think that's the second truth. The second truth is that the adversary is trying to destroy God's plan. And he will use this great tool for his own work, which is exactly the opposite of God's work. Right. So in instead of spreading truth, he wants to spread lies. He wants to spread confusion. Instead of bringing unity, God wants to use this technology to unite his eternal family right. through covenant. So instead of bringing unity, the adversary tries to cause what? Division. Division and yeah. contention. Totally. And we see it. Right. So that's the second truth. But we need to focus first on the first main truth that this is from God and he expects something from you. I love this high and holier level yeah. of of. Uh, of, of Technology. This yeah. is great. Yeah. Elder Holland in 2022, so just recently, he actually was quoting President Nelson. Okay. He said, President Nelson has said that this generation of young people has the capacity to have more impact for good on the world than any previous generation. So true. Now you think about it. How can they have a greater impact 
it's through the internet. That's how... The reach is so broad, yes, right? I mean, it can affect so many. Right. The internet yields exponents. Now, let's go to this quote from President Nelson that I think a lot of us are familiar with when he gave the warning about Satan's attacks. He said, the adversary is increasing his attacks on faith and upon us and our families at an exponential rate. Mm. To survive spiritually, we need counter counter strategies and proactive plans. And in that quote, and in that talk, he was talking about the Come Follow Me program as being a counter strategy and proactive plan. But when you go back to that first part where he gave us this warning about exponential increase in attacks, that can be really scary at first, right? And we see it, right? I mean, we we are, I mean, when you think of how the world has changed in three years, yeah, talk about exponential. It's incredible. Right. Right. And so much of that is happening through media, right? Through the internet, through smartphones. But the amazing thing is, because the adversary can do exponents on the internet, but so can the Lord, and he is. You think about a message. You can come home and share a scripture that you read, and you can share it with five people in your home, or you could put it online, or and you can put it online. Right. And 200 people can see it, and it might be that they see it for 10 seconds, but it might really touch just even a few of them, and it's exactly what they needed to hear. It was the light that they needed and that they went looking for. And they found when it. they I jumped on that. social media. Yeah. yeah. Jen, this is great stuff. I love the angle and the approach that you're taking on this. This is uh, giving me a new set of eyes here. Okay. So then more specifically, how do we teach our youth to use this technology to do the Lord's work? Okay. Great, great question. So it starts with a shift in our minds. Mm. It has to start with that change in the parents, how they see it. It also starts with example. Yeah. You know, parents need to look at themselves and say, okay, how do I use my phone? Do I use it to get closer to God? Do I use it to testify? Right. We've made covenants to be witnesses of God at all times and in all things and in all places. That Does that, include, that would include the phone, wouldn't yeah, it? <laughs> it includes online and with the phone, even if it's not on social media, with the phone. And so ask yourself first, am I doing it? And as we do things like that, we can show our children and say, hey, I did this and look, this was the outcome. I shared this with this person. So we can be an example and show them, but we can also teach them explicitly too and teach them how to do it. Right. You know, we have these 18-year-old missionaries who enter the home MTC (laughs) and all of a sudden they become a digital missionary. You know, they they create a Facebook account and they start doing missionary, missionary work online. And I don't think they have to wait for that. That outlet that tool is already there. I think of the primary song that says, I can be a missionary now, or I, I want how's it going? I want to be a missionary. I want to be a missionary now. I don't want to wait until I'm grown. Right. They don't have to wait until they are a full-time missionary sure. to learn how to share the gospel. Because there is kind of this awkwardness of, okay, now I'm doing this. Yeah. When you really could have done it last week or the month before. Or when you were 12. Yeah, right? you could have been doing it this whole time. You were on social media. Mm. So why all of a sudden the shift? when we've been given this tool and we've been asked to do that. In fact, let me share this quote from Elder Bednar, that same talk at Education Week in 2014. Mm. He said, I exhort you to sweep the earth with messages filled with righteousness and truth, messages that are authentic, edifying, and praiseworthy, and literally to sweep the earth as with a flood. Yeah. That that was, was, and that was the title of the talk, wasn't yeah. it? To sweep the earth as a flood? Yeah. And that was almost 10 years ago. And I do see that members of the church are doing this. And I love it. I'm inspired every time I see it. Right. But I think we can all take note. How are they doing it? How is that authentic? 
How is that natural and normal? Okay, I can learn to do that. And it takes a lot of courage to post something. It really does. And I think a lot of prayer to say, Heavenly Father, help me to feel it deep enough that you want me to do this. Right. Help me to have courage to not be afraid, but to, to stand up and to say something, even though not everyone will like it. Right. Oh, I'm, I'm just putting myself, you know, in the shoes of a, once again, a 12 or a 13 year old yeah. young man or young woman going, okay, do I want to, can I do this? Or even a 16 year old, right? Can I, can I do this? And what will happen if I do? Yeah. And they worry about that a little bit, but well, I think this is great because I love what you're saying, Jen, about why do we just turn a switch on when they turn 18 or 19 and now say, okay, now let's start sharing the gospel a little bit more online yeah, right. when they could have been doing it for for years. Yeah. And I have some ideas of how they can start even before they're on social media. Yeah. So when someone gets a phone, a child gets a phone or a teenager, they usually start a group chat with the parents, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe some other siblings. You've got that family that's little group zone. chat. That's safe zone. <laughs> so couldn't that be a place to start? Sure. You're talking about the things of the day or funny things. You know, you send fun little things. It's just your way to connect. Right. But could you also be sharing favorite scriptures, favorite conference talks, could you just share light and goodness with each other? Right. There, and then if you, so that's the smallest circle, the closest circle. Mm-hmm. But if you back up to other circles, like extended family, group me's, or with cousins, if they have other ways to connect, what about their friend groups? I'm sure their friend groups have group chats. Could they say to their friend groups, hey guys, I found this scripture. I thought you might love it. Wow. Yes. And <laughs> I feel like the most missed opportunity is our youth groups, our youth leaders and the youth and sometimes the parents to have these group chats or group meetings where they're talking about the logistics of when are we meeting Wednesday night and what are we doing and what's the lesson on this week? Why are they not sharing (laughs) the gospel? In fact, that's another one I asked these big, large group of youth. I said, how many of your youth groups are you actually on there sharing things that you love, scriptures, quotes, only a few hands? Right. What a missed opportunity because they could learn in a safe place. They could learn how to share their testimony and to share that they love God and they love Jesus Christ and, and what they loved that day. And if they could, sh- if they can feel safe sharing it in these smaller circles and getting bigger and bigger, then I think they can have the courage when the spirit moves upon them to do more. Yeah. I'll give an example of this. My daughter, um, she's 16. She heard in conference, I believe this was last April, Sister Corden said, I think it was her father who said it to her. Sure. Don't ever pass up an opportunity to testify of Christ. Oh, Is yeah. that what it was? So, yes. Yeah. Great lesson from her dad. Yeah. Yeah. So she shared that. And when our daughter heard that, the spirit moved within her to do something. And so after conference in the next week, she said, I'm starting a share cast on Marco Polo. And she just did it and it took a lot of courage but she started a share cast where she's going to share little messages maybe 10 minutes long messages to her friends and she told the friends you don't have to just if you want to listen to it, you don't have to you know right, she was yeah. so cute about it <laughs> but she said i'm going to share a little spiritual thought from time to time and it's been so awesome to see her do this to be prayerful to let the spirit guide her wow. and to share a little message and when she shares it maybe 10 or 20 or 30 of her friends see it and often a few of them will answer back to her and say, Grace, I needed to hear that. Thank oh, you so thank much you for, for sharing, sharing that. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so she's gaining courage and she's seeing that God will back her up, that the spirit will back her up, that she can share this. She can be a tool just in that smaller circle still. Right. That she can do that. Right. But it also reminds me of 
something Elder Packer said years ago, that the testimony is found in the bearing of it. Right. The idea is, you know, we, we, we think about that in, in a verbal context, but as your daughter is sharing all these things, you know, herself, her testimony is growing. This is awesome. Absolutely. And then mm. our whole family, you know, we love to watch them and we all watch them. We think, wow, that was so good. And we're all strengthened sure. by what she shares. We all love it. Um, and it's, it's just that, you know, and then they go to Instagram and they can learn how to just really gently just share something beautiful mm. or they can see other people doing it so they can learn how to just expand their circles till they're the point on social media where they dare to share something. And we don't even have to be the one posting on social media, even if we can just like or comment or even share it with one individual Sure. or even repost something that changes the algorithms. It helps more people to see it. Right. So even if you don't feel maybe brave enough or ready to be posting and putting out your own material, you can even still be make a difference and be a light online by drawing extra attention to those posts with your interactions with those posts. Right. That's so awesome. You know, you know Jen, we know that uh, this technology isn't always safe. And that there are so many things that our children are being exposed to. It's it's causing a lot of uh, parents today to just almost live in fear that their that their children have a phone, you know. And I I actually love watching my adult children with children of their own who are now starting to become teenagers. They're not buying they're not buying the smartphones that hmm. were being bought ten years ago. They're buying different phones that don't have all those capabilities. Yeah, uh, like a Gab phone or things like that. Yeah. But here's the question, you know, so what can we do as parents and our families to teach our children about some of the dangers of technology? Yeah, I think we need to remember that it's important to have those planned lessons, maybe right. once a year or twice a year, where you really dig in and you talk about specifically all of the dangers, each of the dangers, yeah. and talk about why those are dangerous and what to do in those circumstances. It's also important to talk about some of those less identified dangers, like not spending enough time with your loved ones or um, wasting your time or not getting to your jobs or your schoolwork or, you know, there's some of those other ones that aren't identified as much as the dangers, but they definitely are there. Right, right. Another thing I think that it's really important is to kind of lay the foundation of asking them, is your phone getting in the way of your relationship with the Savior? Right. I think it's really interesting and telling that the new For Strength of Youth pamphlet, the section on technology is not titled anything about technology. Do you know what okay. it says? It's titled Walk in God's Light. Mm, I love that. Yeah. What a great metaphor. Right. So there's a section later on at the bottom of this For Strength of Youth that they can go to any topic. Right. And they went, but when they go to this topic, that is the top part. And here's the introductory paragraph. It says, you make better choices when you can see things clearly. That's why light is so important. Light makes it easier to see the right path. Heavenly Father has given you access to heavenly light, the gift of the Holy Ghost, to help you see clearly what is good and bad, mm. right and wrong. Wow. So the foundation of helping our children and youth be protected from the dangers online is not just knowing about the dangers. It's really helping them know, are you doing the daily things to have that light of Christ and that, that gift of the Holy Ghost with you so that you can discern when you are online? Right. Elder Uchtdorf, when he was introducing the First Strength of Youth pamphlet, he was clear that Jesus Christ is the strength of youth. He is our strength. So right. they need to have a personal relationship with him. 
President Nelson, in October 2021, he gave that talk where he urged us to make time for the Lord each and every day. Mm. And he said, the voices and pressures of the world are engaging and numerous. You think about us on our phones and all right. the voices we hear as we're reading. Every day, but yeah. too many voices are deceptive, seductive, and can pull us off the covenant path. I'm continuing his quote. To avoid the inevitable heartbreak that follows, I plead with you today to counter the lure of the world by making time for the Lord in your life each and every day. Mm. Wow. So that is the foundation. It's continually asking your children, your youth, are you saying your prayers at night? Are you reading the scriptures personally? I know we're doing it as a family, but family scripture study is not enough. There is something that happens in that personal worship that's very different from the family scripture study. The family scripture study lays a foundation of knowledge and understanding. It invites the spirit into the home. It unites us as we join together in prayer and reading the scriptures and discuss. But that personal worship, God pours out his spirit. Right. The Lord rewardeth in secret, right? <laughs> that totally. secret. And so continually asking them and reminding them, saying, how is your personal scripture study going? And making sure that they are doing those little things. They're spending time each day with the Lord to stay close to Him. Then they'll have um, that guidance, that protection when they're online. This last April in 2023, Elder Camargo said, The Lord Jesus Christ lives today. He can be an active daily presence in our lives. He is the solution to our problems, but we must lift our eyes and raise our sights to see Him. Mm, and we have that. to teach our youth to look up. Right. Look to him. Quit looking at the screen, right? right? And look up. Yeah, I love that. look up. And that starts with kneeling down and opening the scriptures. Really turning to him is opening the scriptures and looking for a message directly from God oh. to you. Because he'll speak to you from the scriptures. Sure. Jenna, is there anything else you would add, you know, regarding this idea of just dangers to technology, about regarding technology that our youth need to know about? Yeah, I would be so explicit in our families to tell our youth that they can come to us if they view anything or read anything or come across anything that's confusing or that seems to go against what we've taught them, our values, our beliefs, to come to us and talk about it. They're not in trouble. And we need to make a safe atmosphere in the home where you can ask questions and you can disagree and you can not fully understand or believe and it's okay. <laughs> right. But we can come together and we can talk. Um, our kids a few a couple of years ago when there was a lot happening in the world and then on social media about abortion, they came to us and were like, Hey, mom and dad, we're like seeing all these things on social media and I'm really confused. What do we believe? And we were able to identify the truths on both sides of the argument. Sure. Identify the truths and we're able to tell them what our prophets have been teaching. And that's the other thing that I try to teach the youth is when you read something that sounds convincing, but you're not quite sure, wait, is this true or is this not? Is this is there right. some deception in this? Because yeah. often the adversary packages his lies around truth. Totally. So you have to teach them. So I teach them to hold it up next to what the prophets are teaching. Hold it up to what the scriptures are saying. And see if it's the same or if it's a little bit different. Right. What a great test. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. To find that deception, to find that difference so that they aren't deceived. Right. Because I, I see it. I think our youth, a lot of testimonies that have been growing throughout their lives, an entire lifetime of growth in their conversion testimonies are sometimes being hijacked because of these ideas 
that are being spread on social media that yeah. just kind of undermine their testimony. As well belief. as their parents. Their yeah. parents have fallen prey yeah. to that as well. Yeah, it's right? happening to all of us, right? Right. I also think it's really important for parents to remember that the final goal is for these youth to have an internal compass. Yes. Because they won't always be with us. We have a 17-year-old daughter who will graduate in less than a year. She will be away at college. So we can't just take away her phone. <laughs> or, I mean, we can, but we're, we've realized there has to be a different way to work through this. We need to help them think through it. How are you using your phone? How much time did you use? Right. Are you getting the things done that you need to get done? What about your relationships? So instead of just controlling with the phone, because this this phone really cannot be a source of contention. And, and often it is. It often is. And, and That's we, right. And we kind of have to stand. But when that happens, we have to step back and say, okay, what did we do wrong? What could we have done differently? Because our youth and children, they need to know we are on their side. We're on the same team. Right. We love we you. And we're letting you use this. And we're all just new doing this. So we're going to make mistakes. In every single home, I'm sure there are mistakes where we just say, okay, you know what? Let's do this better. Let's so try really, it again. Right? right. So that being intentional, really being intentional as parents to come back to it, pull in the reins a little bit if things have gotten too loose. Right. And they're yes. not doing what they should. Bring them back together. In fact, you can go back to that family contract that you had them sign when they got their <laughs> phone. And that contract is not just to manipulate or to, to um, I don't control know, power or, control them, yeah. but it's to teach. And so you come back to that contract and it's, it's a teaching tool to come back to and say, okay, remember... Remember in our family, and I know this might be different with your friends, but in our family, this is how we use technology. And this is how we don't use it. We've kind of slipped. Yeah. We need to do better. Get back on track. I yeah. love that. I love the contract idea too. That's yeah. what a great. what a great tool. Right. And I think it's helpful when parents say, you know what, we're not doing very well on this. We need to do better on this. Right. They look at us first. Sure. So we have to look at ourselves first. I, you know, we can't, we have to preach what we, 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 we have gotta to. We've got to be the examples. That's yeah, right. Exactly. I see that too, Jen, a lot today where I see parents that are so inundated. I'm trying to think of another word or saturated when it comes to the use of their phones that they literally have children saying, mom, mom, dad, dad. And they're, and, they, and these, I've watched it. I've, I've seen it happen. And the parents are yeah. literally clueless that their own child is trying to get their attention. Oh, right? it's so sad. I actually feel mm. really sad for the children. Right. And the children whose older siblings now have phones. It's almost like they've lost them. Like they're right. on the couch on their phone. They're not playing a game on the floor with them. Right. We really have to teach our kids to set down the phone. In fact, that's the last thing I just wanted to talk about for a couple of minutes is just having that um, time away from the phone, being unplugged as a family, doing activities where you can be away from the phone. Um, but we also have to, and, and come up with fun, wholesome recreational activities. You know, I think when we first saw that phrase in the proclamation, we might've thought, oh, that's a good one. Right. It's not really in the scriptures, but that's a good one. I can see how prophetic that was now. Right. Now that we have all these phones, everyone has a phone. Do we Ugh. set it down and do we do something together? Action. Right. Do we, or sit around and talk, but put, down, put away the phone. Right. You know, so we need to find things to do together as a family. And as parents, we need to say, hey, phones go away. Let's spend this time together. Let's look in each other's eyes. Right. We also need long hugs. We need connection. Our youth need long hugs and connection. And as you were mentioning, those kids who are trying to get their parents' attention, we need to really watch for bids for attention. A bid for yes. attention can come from anyone that says, hey, how are you doing? Or, hey, I hurt my leg today. And you're just at your, you're looking at your phone. Yeah, sorry about that. But you don't look up. <laughs> so really to stop what we're doing, when someone says something, it's a bid for attention. To remember they're way more important than whatever it is we're reading. 
Unless we're in the middle of a task that we have to do, we can say, hey, just a minute, I just have to send this off. I want to hear about it. Right. You know, but to stop, put the phone down, look them in the eyes, maybe stand up and get a snack or walk over and give them a hug or sit down and talk to them. We need to do more of that where we deliberately set down the phone and be together. And we need to teach our youth that it's not an emergency. They just texted you, but that is not an emergency. That can wait. This is our time together. Right. We don't have to respond just because the phone is vibrating, right? And to teach our youth that and to have our parents model it, I think, is a key. So, Jen, this has been so awesome. I love your perspective on the family and technology. Any, Any closing thoughts before we end? Yeah, I love this quote from Larry R. Lawrence in 2010. He said, challenges and temptations are coming at our teenagers with the speed and power of a freight train. Oh, gosh. Wow. And he said, what the world really needs is courageous parenting from mothers and fathers who are not afraid to speak up and take a stand. And wow. I think I think especially as our children become teenagers and they want to take the reins, it's almost like they want to drive the family car. Like they know the direction they want to go. <laughs> they want to go in their direction, but we are still their parents. Right. And we still need to lead the family. And I know that can and be And we messy, can't be afraid. Can be There's so many no. parents that are afraid. And we need to do it in love. It can't right. be done in anger. Truth spoken right. in anger never is received as anger. Right. So it has to be spoken in love. But we need to teach them and lead them and hold to certain lines. We need to be willing to be flexible and listen to them and counsel together, right? There is that balance, but we're still the leaders of the family. And I just want to share one other last quote. This is from Neil L. Anderson in 2014. He said, as evil increases in the world, there is a compensatory power of revelation and spiritual gifts given to the righteous. The Lord gives us added power as we are willing to remain righteous in a wicked world. Oh, that's so profound. You think about those exponents, you know, Mm -hmm. that the adversary is doing exponents. We don't need to fear because the the Lord will do exponents for us. That's right. And that's through our covenants that he gives us added power. And you think about exponents, that's five to the third exponent is five to the third power. Right. So he will do the exponents. He will give us added power if we are willing to remain righteous. If we lean on him, we ask him for help, he will guide us. He will bless us. He'll give us the personal revelation that we need to know how to help each individual child with their circumstances and with your own unique circumstances in your home. He is there with you, helping you. Oh, I love that. So, so, so profound. I love it. I think, you know, I often think of Mormon in the Book of Mormon who lived in this incredibly wicked world and was righteous and was able to see the Savior. I think of the verses in the Book of Mormon where... There was never a happier time, and it's right in Alma 50, right in the middle of all the wars. And, oh, yeah. and there's, this, there's, this, there's this kind of tendency for us to think of, oh, gosh, the world is so wicked and so crazy. There's just, we just have to hang on. Not true. Here are prophets, seers, and revelators telling us, no, you can enjoy the light and love of the gospel no matter how crazy the world yeah. becomes. And we and, can have joy. Yeah, and That's happiness. Our, our focus is on the Savior. We can have joy. That's right. No matter what is yeah. going on. Well... Jen, the way that we like to end our podcast is we always uh, like to share something that Brent Barlow shared years ago, that LDS could stand for Let's Do Something. So when it comes to Let's Do Something, do you have anything that you we can invite those that are listening today, what they, what they could do? I, I think if I had to choose one thing from what we've discussed, I would invite parents to talk in their homes sometime this week, maybe sitting around the dinner table or as they gather for family scripture study to talk about why God gave us these smartphones and what he expects us to do with it. 
What kind of, how, how are you going to use this tool that yeah. he's given to us? And maybe right? they could start it with a question and say, why do you think we have these? Who, right. who does this come from? Right. Oh, that's so good. I like that. Yeah. And, and parents out there, that doesn't take a lot of work, right? That's a pretty easy question to ask at the dinner table. So what a great discussion for families to have. Jen, thank you so much for being here with us today, being a guest and coming in and, and teaching such powerful ideas and using the bringing in this research, but also the words of our prophets. This has been a great, great conversation. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. So for all of you, we, uh, we're grateful for you for tuning in today and uh, hope that uh, what we've shared could make a difference in your life and the life of your family. would encourage you to share this with anyone that, that could benefit uh, by hearing these this message and we hope you have a wonderful wonderful week